Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. He does have a tricky body. Oh, he does. Okay. He doesn't look like, okay, look at this. But that guy's walking down the street. You have no idea who he is. I don't know if you're saying, yeah, he's the best quarterback in the world. This is the Press Box. So we, our mean, tricky body list is James Harden and Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. now Patrick Mahomes runs kind of fun. With Graney and Bischoff. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Turvel Beck. Turvel Beck's body is not tricky. We know exactly what Turvel Beck's body is. It is not tricky in any way. Not at all. That is a complete lie. Stop trying to put Turvel Beck in that category. On ESPN Las Vegas. Where is Turvel Beck? Uh, he played Did he ever play in Europe? No, he's still in college. He was at Kent State last year. Really? He's and still I, playing? I couldn't tell you if he's using his extra year of eligibility or not. Uh, but yeah, he play, He averaged like 12 points a game at Kent State last year. Is his body still tricky? No, I think his... I think oh, he's, he slimmed down and stuff? I think he can run now without getting called fat. Wow. Oh, that good was, that was the problem here. He couldn't everybody called him fat. Maybe people here should look at the conditioning program at Kent State University and <laughs> never know what's gonna happen. We're right? three coaches removed from that though. That was three coaches ago. Was that three? Yeah. That was Menzies. Oh my god. Yes. That Turvel Beck is three coaches. What ago. was the question? Did you ask the question to him where he had that response to you? Was that about Turvel Beck? Yeah, because well, Turvel Beck got called like his conditioning was called into question or right. something. Because like he, if you remember Turvel Beck, here's a here's a good way to start a show. This is July. Turvel Beck <laughs> had a great freshman year at UNLV. Second half of his freshman year, everybody was like, "Whoa, this kid like looks really good." And then his sophomore year, he just like wasn't playing. Did he and, gain a lot of weight? And uh, you couldn't. I mean, well, it's tricky. So you yeah, can't. Really, the guys who are tricky, really you can't really tell. tell. But when Menzies got asked the question, he brought up, like, conditioning, like, three times. And, yeah, it was like, okay, so the guy can't run up and down the floor or something like that. But, we know, again, he wasn't playing, so we didn't get to see. So, yeah, that was the answer there, and then he ended up transferring. Might have had one of those kind of in-between jerseys where you don't know. That's why it's tricky. Like, if you get, like, the really tight jerseys, you know, and if you get the huge jerseys, you're not really sure. <laughs> Wear the T-shirt under the jersey. And exactly. It's then you really don't know. another level of no, confusion. No. See if the Kraken are, t- uh, are uh, tricky. The first bite. Did the Seattle Kraken have a good expansion draft? You ready with the grades? Oh, um, I can be. Okay. I normally set up the show first, okay. but do, are we going straight to grades? <laughs> yes. Do I need to play the well, imaging? Well, I have to give you a grade. Well, I didn't know if we were by, Am okay. I playing the imaging? Yes or no? Someone tell Oh, yeah, I guess so. What imaging? Yeah. You have imaging on the crack? Oh, just one. Oh, just no, one no. grade. Just no, no. I just want to give you one grade. Oh, okay. We yeah, then we're the good to go. Yeah. All right. Incomplete. Oh. Incomplete. You're on the radio, Ed. If you <laughs> come on here and say, we need to wait and see what they do in the next 48 hours. No, I don't. Okay, well. Oh, it's tough because I want to say that because <laughs> we don't really know, right? I mean, uh, 30, 28 million left in cap space. Well, I guess I can we ask this question tomorrow because we'll know a lot more today about what they really did, right? Well, okay. Here's the confusing part about all of the reporting yesterday because every every pick they made in the expansion draft was leaked before the expansion <laughs> draft, which is always fun. But the Seattle Kraken apparently – did not make any trades 
like during the expansion draft. They did not make any trades with these teams. If you remember, the Golden Knights, they made 10 trades during the expansion draft. They made 10 trades where, okay, we'll take Shea Theodore because you don't, we're going to trade for Shea Theodore. Like they traded for first round picks, right? Like they made 10 trades to acquire a bunch of future assets during their expansion draft. And apparently the Seattle Kraken did not make any trades during their expansion draft, right? And the way that would normally work is like, okay, take the Canadians, for example, who exposed Carey Price, right? Pierre Lebrun had a report yesterday that the Canadians were expecting Seattle to come to them and say, hey, we're going to take Carey Price, but if you give us blank, we'll lay off a Carey Price. Mm-hmm. According to Pierre Lebrun, the Kraken never called the Canadians to do that. They never called Montreal and said, hey, we're taking Carey Price, but if you give up a second round pick, we'll avoid Carey Price and go somewhere else. And they apparently didn't do that with any of the teams because they didn't make a single pick yesterday while also making a trade. Like, because when the Golden Knights made their picks, a lot of teams said, hey, don't pick so-and-so and we'll give you a first round pick or we'll give you a player instead a younger player. That's how they got Shea Theodore, right? That's how they got, you know, Jonathan Marshall and Riley Smith, right? Apparently the Seattle Kraken did not do that with one single team yesterday. Do we know that? Because Francis was quoted as saying that the GMs this time weren't open to a lot of stuff. Is this just LeBron saying they didn't do it? Or do we really know that he didn't call several and they said, "Uh, not again, we're not doing that. Okay. There was LeBron also reported, like they took uh, Mark Giordano, from the, flames. from the Flames. And apparently they told the Flames, hey, we'll lay off of him for a first and a third. And the Flames said, no, that's too much. And right. so they took Giordano. Yeah. But here's the thing with the Flames. The Seattle Kraken took a legitimate NHL player right. from the Flames. If you look up and down their picks in the expansion draft, they didn't take legitimate players. No. Go, Who the hell did they take from the Flyers? Carson Tarwikinski or some? He's an AHL guy. Like, they had a chance to take legitimate NHL players and they didn't. He's just and, below Nolan Patrick. Yes. And normally, like, when you take a Carson Tarwakinski or whatever the hell that guy's name is, it's because you made a deal with Philadelphia. Hey, we'll avoid these players. And we'll take and you Carson Nakatiski. And first-round pick. And we'll take this AHL guy that you don't care about. But apparently, they didn't do that. They didn't, for most of the teams, they didn't take the best NHL player available to them. And they didn't get any side deals. They didn't get any future assets. Well, I think we learned about some side deals or some deals today. Well, the thing that we're going to learn about today is they drafted so-and-so from, you know, Vancouver and they're trading him to another team. But that's not the same as, hey, we're going to lay off the so-and-so. Because what the Golden Knights did, yes, they were good in year one, but what the Golden Knights did in their expansion draft is they acquired a bunch of future assets. Yeah, they acquired a pitch. They got some young guys like Alex Tuck and Shea Theodore that they were planning on, okay, when the Golden Knights are good in year three and year four, these are going to be important players, which they are, but they were also important in years one, two, and three. But they also got picks. They got two first-round picks in the very next draft out of that. The Kraken got none of that. Well, okay, let me ask you this, though. I think it's nearly $29 million. Are they? Is Francis banking on the fact he's going to convince some guys to come and he's going to pay guys? Ooh. I don't. I, like I said, like, we, I mean, there's UFAs out there. But I mean, it's not like you can. I mean, it's not like you can all of a sudden build a good team out of the free agents. Like Landeskog's out there, but yeah, who else? Like that's it. There's not. A, there's not very many other. Like um, oh, that guy's a surefire 
mean, you I don't know, know all the liner. I don't know all the UFAs. I mean, they're 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 out there. It's not like a it's not like a superstar class of unrestricted well. free agents. It's not. It's it, it's fine. You can sign some good players, but it's not a great class of free I mean, agents. I know LeBron's tied in. I'm going to be really shocked if the reality is he didn't call some GMs and they said, you know what, we got. We got messed with last time. This which, is just not happening. Which is fine. Right. But then take the best player off the team. Not Carson Tarwakensky or whatever, who's got 106 I, yeah. goals in the WHL. I get that. Again, I'm trying to get in his head of that's one way. And the other way is I want to have very little dead money and I want to have more money in the cap. And it might work for him. Or he might get totally screwed, but it's like you said, because he might, he's going to spend the money, obviously. he's gonna, Eventually, he's going to spend that money. And if he can't make, you know, what he believes are the signings or the picks or however he's going to spend it, then this will truly be what we thought we would have with the Knights, which is an expansion team. So here's what's funny about the cap space, because that's like the positive spin to this expansion draft is that Seattle has a ton of cap space. It's $28 million million. they have in cap space. So they can either A, go after free agents, or they can just decide, yeah, we're going to suck this year. But anybody who wants to dump a bad contract, Dump it sure, with us they have the money. and give us right. a pick or whatever they or whatever asset they get out of it. So like that's the positive spin. That's a place that's right. they're in a good spot because of that. Yeah. Because they can take on bad contracts and picks that go with it from here on out. But the problem with sort of looking at that cap space thing is take the Golden Knights, for example. When they came out of the expansion draft, they had a ton of cap room as well. They weren't anywhere close to the salary cap. And the Golden Knights use that cap space by trading for Mark Stone or signing Mark Stone, Mark Stone. and Max Petrucci. Right, they traded yeah. and signed both those guys long term deals, and all of a sudden their cap space was gone. It was, but yeah. it was, hey, this is a solid team. Let's go get some star players and make some more runs at the Stanley Cup. That was the logic there to using the cap space. The problem for Seattle, though, is if you look at how the Golden Knights acquired Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. They, they traded Eric and, Brandstrom, and, 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 and they traded Nick Suzuki. Yeah. And those were the first-round picks right. that they acquired during the expansion draft. If they don't acquire those picks during the expansion draft, they don't get Mark right. Stone and, and Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty. So if you're the Kraken, if I, if, if I was a Seattle Kraken fan, I'd be furious because we were talking about it this week. They had a chance to either A, go all-in with the best NHL player on each team and build a legitimate NHL playoff team in year one, especially in the division they're in. Or they could have gone in and just said, we're getting as many future assets as we can possibly get. If that was possible. Let's be good for the future yeah. or try to do some of both. And they didn't do either if of those If that was possible things. on they the, could, on the they, prospects they and the draft picks. Carson Tarwakensky or whoever the hell that is. God, I hope that guy's good. He's not going to be <laughs> he good. He might. I mean, no one thought William Carlson was good. There's no way George that guy McPhee played said, in the NHL. Though. There's no way George McPhee said he's he's scoring 43. But he's an he was an Listen, NHL player. No matter what they do, they're second in the Pacific. <laughs> because, <Probably laughs> because because the Pacific is horrible. Carson Twarwakinski. Give me give me some stats on NHL games. How many? One, Twenty-two. One career goal. Okay. In the NHL, like you bring up William Carlson, and yes, nobody expected no. William Carlson to be any good. William Carlson was actually a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets for his career. Like, the guy had played for the Blue Jackets for, let's see, oh, 165 yeah. NHL games. Which is 100 and, about 150 uh, more than Carson right. Kowalkinski. Like I said. Like, the Golden Knights took a lot of guys that are, oh, he's well, at the bottom of an NHL team. And in Carlson's case, he got more opportunity. He was good. The Kraken took a lot of guys who aren't even in the NHL. They, I th- I think I do think there's some semblance and some truth to the fact 
that they might have tried and got turned away. Sure, then take the best I mean, player off Philadelphia. Well, don't again, I don't know. Ron, I don't know Ron Francis, games. or I don't know. None of us know Ron Francis. What his what his uh, strategy is to build an, an organization or a team. He might think, I, I'm trying to do devil's advocate, he might think he'd rather have the cap space. He might think, and we don't know, that there are free agents out there that he can convince to come. Now, again, Landis Scott, if, if I'm him, I want to win a cup. So you might give me a ton of money, but I'm going to look like you sit at that roster and say, well, I can get a ton of money going there, but it's not. you're just not going to win. Um now, what if I ask you this? Because this could also happen, I'd imagine. Because if Francis right now is saying, I have money to go out and, and trade for someone or get a free agent, I need three flurries instead of two. And he comes to Georgie McPhee and says, listen, because <laughs> if not, I'll take – what are the odds? There's either odds of that or when the Kraken open their you know the, their first game in the history of their franchise here against the Golden Knights, giving the odds on a flurry scoring against flurry. I think there's a better chance Flurry's the goalie for Seattle than a Flurry scoring against Flurry because I think Robin Leonard's starting the opening night. Yeah, a good chance. So, but here, here's the part of like not getting the future assets. If other GMs were saying no, we're not making any trades with you, which I think a lot did. That's fine. Take Carey Price. Take Vladimir Tarasenko. Take Gabriel Landeskog, and then trade those guys to other teams, and you'll get well, the you get assets, assets back. Right. If they had taken Gabriel Landeskog yesterday. They can, they can trade him. Well, I guess he's an well, unrestricted free agent. If they, I if mean, they who had wants, taken Tarasenko? But yesterday. who wants? I mean, there, I'm sure there'd be limited teams. But who wants Carey Price's contract? Sure, but don't take Carey Price out of it. But just take take the best NHL player that was available to you. You can trade that guy to another NHL team after you draft him. And they could have done that for six or seven teams yesterday. And instead, they took Dennis Chalowski from Detroit. That's not a real person. You love saying these names. Because they're not real. <laughs> they are. They're people. Who is they, Gavin Bayruther they, from the Columbus Blue Jackets? They, there is a level of these are creative players that like randomly get inserted into your video game because, you know, you've played too many seasons and there are no longer any real players. Gavin Bayruther, 28 NHL games, three goals. Congratulations to that. Good job, Kraken. That well, guy's going to be good for you. Is it at all possible that the owner is just going to run this team like we're going to be very cheap? And well, I, I'm going to make we we're going to make mean, money no matter what. Yeah, we're not cheap in the, in the NHL where there's an 81 million dollar cap hit. Get the hell out of the league. I'm just saying, like, may, like, I, why would you invest in something that you know is going to be popular? What else is going on in Seattle besides the Seahawks? I mean. Next by next you Wednesday, think these people are going to Mariners games. They're going to be behind the like, Seattle Sounders. That by, team's actually good. By next Wednesday, if they haven't kind of made high profile moves, you know, I'll get it. I mean, I, I, again, the trade, the, the the free agents came in coming up, the drafts coming up. Um, we'll see what they do. I mean, obviously, right now, yeah, looking at a blank piece of paper and filling everyone in, they're not obviously the Golden Knights. I think, and I, I, I know your counter to it isn't draft the, the best players. I think he went into this looking at the Golden Knights and being surprised that everyone shut the door on him. Yeah, which is because fine. I Because I, I, he had to call GMs. He had to at least start out with, I can't believe he didn't start out with the strategy of the Golden Knights yeah. and say, well, maybe they'll be dumb again. I'll just call everyone and maybe they forgot <laughs> what happened NHL, last time. Yeah, he, well, yeah, maybe they'll forget what happened last time and I'll get these ones and these twos and these threes and you know, we'll, we'll play off the who I might pick against that. Um, 
we'll see. Like, I don't know if Jerry, I mean, you know, maybe their strategy is different. I don't know why their strategy would be different because I think you go into it with the strategy of what the Knights did because the Knights went to the Stanley Cup finals here. And like, hey, they obviously knew what they were doing or they got a lot really fortunate with. I'll go back to guys like Carlson and other guys who played above whatever their level was coming in. So, again, we'll see what he does with that kind of cap money. But he didn't go as like you said. He didn't take the road of, okay, if you're going to say no to me on all this, then I'll just take your best guy. Why? I don't know. I I, I don't know him. I don't know what his strategy is, um, What, uh, how he thinks he's going to build his team. I would hope, given what the Golden Knights did and and everything this did, did to the city, that you wouldn't go in saying, as we make fun of Foley, you know, playoffs in three, cup and six. I mean, that's usually – the Golden Knights, to me, erased any of that chance in the of future expansion teams. Like when you go to the when you go to the finals as an expansion team like the Golden Knights did, I think that playoffs in three, at least in fans' minds, cup and six is off the table. Wow. Now I mean, I mean, based on this expansion draft, the Kraken are looking at playoffs in seven. N- well, cup they're in the, they're in the Pacific. They're in the Pacific. I so. don't know about that. It's, are you telling me there's a chance my yeah, Kings are better than the Kraken? No, they've got decent goaltending and good. They have. Are like, you telling me that? They just don't have any forwards. They have literally like. They have Wazasinski. Yanni Gord is like Yanni Gord, Jonas Donskoy, and somebody else who I'm forgetting. Like they've got like one potential good line, and then it's like Cody Eakin would be their fourth best forward. It's horrifying. All right, coming up next. Was Cody Eakin? He had to be unprotected. <laughs> what if they would have taken Eakin? You would have loved that. He's, 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 he's a known quantity among expansion teams. Eakin, ba- Eakin back the, in the division? You think I ripped the crack in the day? If they Eakin back Cody in the division? Eakin. All right, coming up next. Oh, Oklahoma and Texas. They're going to the SEC. What would you say is the key to longevity in just such a fickle business? Oh, I think that's simple. you got to win. So what does it take to win? I, I think that answers the question better than anything. And I think you have to have culture in your organization, which probably comes from the mindset of, you know, the people in your organization to have goals and aspirations for what they want to accomplish and what they want to do. And I'm talking about players as well here. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Are you ready for a mega conference? You think this is happening? Texas and Oklahoma have apparently, the Houston Chronicle reported they reached out to uh, the SEC about joining the SEC, and now there have been more reports that by next week, Texas and Oklahoma plan to inform the Big 12 that they will be leaving the conference after 2025, which is when the uh, Big 12's current television deal is up. You think this is all happening? So these things tend to have a lot of legs, so I'll be surprised if this isn't happening when this gets out. I don't – this you, rarely you get these kind of reports when it comes to college football and and relocation or expansion, however you want to put it, and it doesn't happen. So someone knows something. Um, so I do think they're going to inform uh, and – We've talked about it forever. Like, what's going to be the first for super conference? You know, is that's where college athletics going? You know, we've always talked about schools like UNLV. Will they be brought along? I mean, when the super conferences are formed, I I didn't get this because Texas again has more money than anyone, and the, you know they don't win football national championships. They won one, you know, with Mac Brown a few years ago, and then back in the day, but. I don't know why someone made the point on Twitter yesterday. Well, it's a mistake for them. 
I don't know if Texas can make many mistakes given no. how powerful and rich they are. So no. if I'm the SEC, I'd like Texas. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, again, SEC, like Alabama, and there's certain schools in the SEC that can recruit anywhere. It doesn't matter. Saban just shows up and they'll get a guy. But if you can open up Texas and Oklahoma for even more recruiting uh, avenues for them to go in, the SEC to go in, I take those guys, but I take both of them in a second. Yeah, the, the funny part was that there was a report that Missouri and Texas A&M would vote no on adding them. That's, um, don't they need 11? Uh, they Se- if, if four vote against it, they, then it would be killed. So there's uh, 14 SEC schools. So, yeah, 11. They need 11 yes votes. So Missouri and Texas A&M are apparently against it. Well, A&M's Texas A&M, A&M's, A&M's against it because they want to be yes. the only Texas school Absolutely, in the SEC. I can see that. Missouri's probably against it just out of, hey, you guys suck. The reason, the reason, well, don't bring any more good teams well, in the league. The league well, would be worse. The reason Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado, and A&M all left the Big 12 was because Texas almost made the Big yeah. 12 fold. And those other four schools were like, well, we're getting the hell out. Texas has too much power. So Missouri's probably just saying, well, we don't want them back. Right. We don't want to play with them again. Here's my question, though. So before we get into the whole conference realignment here, this wouldn't happen until 2025 because of a television deal right. and Oklahoma and Texas would owe a whole bunch of money to the Big 12 if they left before then. What are the chances the Big 12 is able to keep these two? Like, what are the chances the Big 12 is able to say, okay, we know you want to go to the SEC, but here's what we'll offer you. You know, with the Mountain well, West, they kept Boise State by giving them a bigger percentage of the television deal. I'm curious over the next, if Texas and, and Oklahoma say we're leaving, it's not what? like they're leaving tomorrow. It's going to take a few years. So I'm curious, like, wh- how, what could the Big 12 do to keep them? Well, they, I don't think they can do the same thing. Well, I guess they could do the same thing. Because, you know, the money is so massively different in terms of between a non-Power 5 and a Power 5, and Texas already has more money than God. I don't know what if you could offer it that they'd want that you could give them. They have their own television network to yeah. keep them. What would you? What would Texas say? We'll take that. Say if they really want to go, money's never going to be an issue for them. So, I I saw why when Boise State and then San Diego State and flirted to go with them, even though Boise State got all all the um, the uh, the additional money and the additional revenues. I don't know if that works with either of these two. I don't. What what could you really offer Texas to stay if yeah. they don't, if they want to go? Yeah. No, nope. no, nothing. They already have their own they have their television network, network yeah. what, in the Big Twelve. What are you going to offer so, them? Yeah, there's not a whole lot I think the Big Twelve can't do. But I'm, I'm curious to see because for the Big Twelve, we well, have to try because otherwise yes. you're looking at a conference oh. of Oklahoma State and yeah, I Oklahoma mean, State had the uh, sad uh, tweet yesterday where it was like, "We've learned we are all in on the Big Twelve. <laughs> Look, man, if they wanted four of your teams and you were number three, you'd be <laughs> out of there in about two seconds. You'd so, be all in on oh the SEC. my God, you'd be all in on the SEC <laughs> if they said, you know what, we'll also take Oklahoma State and and TCU or something like that, or Baylor or something like they'd be on the ship within two seconds. I would be fascinated to see what happens with Kansas, with Baylor, <sighs> because all of a sudden you're looking at a Big Twelve conference that would have eight teams. And it would be like a better than the Mountain West conference, sure. but significantly worse well, than all the power conferences. All of a sudden, the Big 12 would look in the mirror and say, oh, my God, the Pac-12 is better than us. Right. Like, they haven't been better than us in, well, and, forever and and for the last 20 years. Like, you have, like, the reigning national champion in basketball in Baylor that just be looking around. You have Kansas, who's one of the best basketball programs of all time. But it's, just, just but it's all around. about football. Nobody cares about the Nobody basketball. cares about basketball. Yeah. It's so all football. I'd be fascinated to see, like, would the Big 12, if they lose Texas and Oklahoma, 
would like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 go and grab a couple of teams and just completely kill the Big 12? Or would the Big 12 be well, able to Well, what about grab, the Big 12 going and packing, you know, yeah, bringing getting, Colorado? Yeah, and, you or know, Houston bringing, or yeah, exactly. Colorado State or, yeah. so, you know, just grabbing more teams in the region. I don't know if the Big 12 would give up. I think they'd try to grab teams. I do, but, I mean, if listen, if, if Texas and Oklahoma leave and the Big 10 comes and says, hey, Oklahoma State and Kansas, like, you want to come join right. us? They're leaving to go to the Big 10. Those schools are both gone. And if the Pac-12 comes along and says, hey, Texas Tech and TCU or Baylor, you want to come join? They're leaving, too. So if these other power conferences come along and try to grab another two teams, the Big 12 is done for. Because if you're Texas Tech or something and the Big 12 looks like it's falling apart again and you have an offer to the Pac-12, you're gone. It sucks, and every time I write, I'd have to say the P four, and I've, I'm so used to saying the P five <laughs> that it would just I'd make I'd make that mistake over and over again with the P four. I think they're going. I again, every time this has been flirted in terms of schools moving and 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 skipping or, or jumping conferences, I can't even remember a time where there wasn't legs to it. Same with Boise, yeah. you know, Boise in the Big East, San Diego State and Boise going to the Big East. Like that was floating and be like, why would they do it? Why would they do that? A week later it was true. And again, they were able to keep them, but I there's there's something to this. There's no way this re- was reported and this isn't happening. So within the next week, I think look, I think the bigger issue like you said is getting the 11 votes. I think they're going to want to go. I, yeah. why would, I, I think they want to go to the SEC. It's going to be – and if you're the Alabamas and um, the Clemsons and teams who obviously have no problem with it, if I'm Saban, of course I want this to happen. I think I can get anyone from anywhere, but now I can actually tell the kid in Texas, you can come and, you, you know, we're playing your school. I mean, I do this in a second. So how much power does the top of the league have to take some of the bottom feeders and say, hey, we need this, and here's all the reasons why. It's the Longhorn Network. They have all this money. You know, Missouri, you know, don't don't be the one to keep this down. Don't we want to stop this? No, let's just kick Missouri out. They, they don't need them anymore. Well, All okay. right. Coming up next, aren't you supposed to be in charge of the clock? It's 731. <laughs> David yes. Roth is next. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the press box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Good morning, David. How are you? David? I'm good. How are you guys? We are good. I'm curious, how much do you pay attention to college sports and how real do you think Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 is? I've been fascinated by it. I mostly pay attention to my coworkers paying attention to it. I had college football was the, uh, the first a cut when I started to like sort of um, reduce my sports diet. So I'd have room to like talk to my wife. Eh, over uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard. You, know, you can always go back. Uh, but the, uh, with that, it's I, no one. Um, I've worked with a couple of university of Texas people and they don't really think that that'll happen, but there's something kind of, I mean, just in a sort of a, in the same way that I like, I enjoy watching the Godzilla movies. Like, yeah, I'd be fine with it. Like the idea of like a regular, like a Texas LSU or Texas Bama game, like that would be fun to me. I just don't, you know, it's like with all stuff with like college, especially with like with college football. Uh, like it just kind of feels like someone else's problem. Like, you know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, that that would be fun for you guys. Go ahead. Like, good luck. And we were saying before you came on, like, just let's take Texas, who has their own network. They have, you can't even say how much money they have. It's in, you know, they have McConaughey on the sidelines. I don't know how you get better yeah. than any of that. But, I mean, what could we're saying before you came out, like the Big 12, if you get them in a room, like what could you actually offer them to stay? Like, wouldn't it be like Texas be like laughing at them saying you have really nothing we want? 
Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, there's just like, and maybe, you know, I don't know what like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State situation is. I think that those are both really dependent on super wealthy donors. And mm-hmm. But like Texas is it's a business unto itself. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that uh, like Kelsey McKinney, who's a University of Texas grad, Texas person that I work with, has like always tried to get into our like Yankee ass heads is like, you have no idea how important this stuff is. Like she was like, there's a like a like a pole vaulter at the University of Texas has like 600,000 Instagram followers. That, like, people are just yeah. such freaks about Texas sports that, like, yeah, they, I mean, they don't really need to be in any conference, I guess. Yeah. It's just, like, it makes sense that, like, all their rivals are in, you know, the Big 12, so that's the, a natural home for them. Uh, we had Ray Ratto on the show earlier this week, and I know he wrote for you guys over at the Defector about the A's uh, not deserving any respect in the Bay Area. Is it going to have, like, do you think they're going to move to Vegas, or at the end of the day, they got offered, like, half a billion from Oakland, they're going to begrudgingly take that eventually? So I would have thought that they would move uh, before I read Ray's bit. Um, it's a real delight to talk to Ray Ratto. I'm glad that you guys no, got yes, to do it. Yes. I wish everybody had got at least you know a few minutes of talking to him. I talked to him earlier this week about a story that I'm writing, and he knew I was calling, and the, thing, the way he answered the phone was just like, what, what, what? Such <laughs> <laughs> a genius. But he, uh, with that story, like I think – I think they would move to Henderson. I mean, like, I don't think there's anything, like, if they thought they had a better offer. The thing that he convinced me on is that ownership and the people that, you know, sort of, like, do ownership's work, like, really are incompetent enough to just duff this. And I don't know what that means necessarily. Like, I think that, you know, obviously they're not going to stay at the the Coliseum forever. Like, it's falling down around their ears. Like, you got to do something. But, like, there just hasn't been, to me, like, any sense that they really even know what they're going for. They're just kind of like casting an unbaited hook out there and then getting mad when they're just hauling back tire after tire. Are you for any public money towards stadiums? I mean, generally, no. I think it's the sort of thing where, like, there are ways probably to do it that are more cooperative or that make more sense than we've seen. I think the stuff that I'm, you know, to look at like what the Braves did in Cobb County, uh, for instance, in terms of getting their stadium, top to bottom, that process will turn your stomach. Like it just sucks. It's not for anybody. There's a, you know Cobb County as a municipality is not you know like in a position necessarily to throw hundreds of millions of dollars at a baseball team that doesn't need it, but they did it anyway. And the ownership took them up on it because like everybody involved, it's just like it's not real to them. They don't really care very much. But I do think that there's a way, and I think that for especially for a team that's like moving to a new place or for an expansion team, things like that. Like, if you're going from zero to one, I think that there is an argument for, like, some public investment in it because it really does improve, I think, like, the civic life of the city. Like, I don't, you would know better than me, but I have to assume that, like, having the Knights in Vegas is, like, that's a a quality of life ad. Mm -hmm. Like, you have a cool hockey team that everybody cares about now and you didn't before. So I would think that there's some way to do it that, reflects like what it's actually you know going to add to the city without being some like you know horrific nine-figure giveaway to a billionaire and yet like i don't you know i don't know that i necessarily i think that's not what the a's want like the a's want everything and then they want to just go back to like going on vacation all year long (laughs) all right i have an important question you threw out henderson as though you're like a Las Vegas local yeah, and know exactly what, what Henderson is. Ray Rattle did the same thing when we talked to him earlier this week. How do you people know what Henderson, Nevada is? Well, I've been so Henderson, Nevada to me is like 
I know a little bit about it. Like, I've probably driven through it. Like, I went to school in Southern California, and we would periodically, me and my broke buddies would, like, drive to Las Vegas from San Bernardino County and spend, like, $40 losing at blackjack and then just drive right home. So I think that that route may steer you through the car dealerships and, uh, like, water features of Henderson. But it's, I guess it, it keeps getting mentioned. I also know it's, like, really big. Yes. But the ways that I've heard about it, <laughs> like big, like geographically, right? Like it's like like tens of thousands of people, but somehow it's like a third of the state is Henderson. Well, they got a lot of land, man. There's a lot of land land. that hasn't like been developed. Like there, <laughs> yeah. that's just all it is. It's not even that big. It's just undeveloped land that you could. There's enough space to put a baseball park. Is basically yeah. The point. yeah, I was gonna say like you relocate the entire American League yes. West. Yes, just build them a compound. I just, yeah, I, to me, so the real reason I know Henderson, or the first I heard of it, though, and this is embarrassing, but decently on brand for me, when I was reading about when Ed O'Bannon was beginning his lawsuit against the NCAA, he worked at a car dealership in Henderson yes. that was yes. like basically staffed entirely by guys, like ex-baseball players, <laughs> ex-NBA guys, and I was like, what is this town? Like, I think I'd like to go there, because the idea of just like, you go to whatever you're like the whole experience there is that like Jose Rijo will sell you a Nihon, a Nissan or something like that. And like, that's kind of tight to me. Like that's a good idea. I think uh, one other fun fact for you about Henderson is that uh parlor is run out of Henderson. Really? Yeah. That's one of my, uh, that's at least a top 30 social net social media network. for me. <laughs> what is it? The, uh, you don't know what Parler thir- is? That was like, I'm not even on TikTok. That was like when when Trump got banned from Twitter, everyone was like, "Well, we'll go into Parler where they don't uh, they don't prevent our free speech." That's in Henderson. Yeah, well, if you, <laughs> it's an LLC. That's the we, uh, address. That's the address. They there's get. a so condo. Some, there's you, a condo out in Henderson. If you in look the land. on Google Maps, yeah. it's a okay. strip mall, and there's okay. nothing there. So all the all the best businesses are run like that. Like something where it's like you look it up, and it's actually like like no, that's a that's definitely a Jimmy John's. It's like, is there another business in the back of that? <laughs> Uh, did you pay attention at all to the Seattle Kraken's draft last night? Uh, no, I mean, I am not like I, what again, I was paying attention to my coworkers. Cause it's like, it seems like the, um, the thing with, with hockey drafts that like, at least from the way that it works on social media is like half of it is just people being horny. Like about like some guy would get picked and they'd be like, Oh yeah, I like it. I like, it. <laughs> and I, would, I have to ask like my coworkers, like, so who's this Elysiac guy? Like, is this important? They're like, no, he's just got like really nice bone structure. Like he's fine. <laughs> but it, the thing that's interesting to me about it, you know, as a fan of, of other sports, I guess, is that it seems like the broader approach to the expansion draft in the NHL, like, is very different than what I'm used to. Like I'm used to expansion teams, you know, in baseball and in basketball, like are just disasters for, you know, half a decade until like the, basically until their draft picks start showing up. And it seems like in the NHL, just given the way that the league and the teams approach it, like you can start off like with a playoff team, your first year, depending on how you play it. It seems like the, I mean, obviously the Knights did, but I think it seems like the Kraken are kind of like, maybe a little bit more budget-minded than that. Is that correct? Like, yes. honestly, like, yes. I'm curious yes. about it. I'm trying yes. to figure out what no, they're doing. They, they, did Very a terrib- so. they did a terrible job yesterday, and they took the cheapest players they could find with the exception of, like, five or six guys. And the idea there is that then you convince people to sign as free agents or something? Like, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or you get another team who has a bad contract, trade you that bad contract and a first-round pick, <laughs> and you just sit on that guy while you suck intentionally for a year. Yeah, that strikes me as, like, loser mentality. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess it's whatever they get paid either way. Right. Like, I mean, they've already like 
now they're in the NHL, so that's a that's a good deal for them. But it does strike me as like it, I think like I respect going for it in general like much more than I think I did even a few years ago, just because of how many teams are willing to play it like that. Like we were talking about this relative to the Bucks, that like it's not it's just, like nice to just see a team that was like that was kind of good. They tried to get better, then they tried to win a championship, and like they just made good decisions all the way through. Like at some point baseline competence becomes like thrilling when you're surrounded with enough like cynicism and, and mediocrity. Okay, but yeah, if you love if you didn't love Giannis before, the fact that he the next morning he took both trophies and rolled through a Chick-fil-A and ordered j- exactly 50 uh, nuggets, is that like the that one of the all-time moves? It was so I got to show that video to my wife who's not a sports fan yesterday. It was just like on TV when we were flipping around and I was like, "Check this guy out. That guy's an NBA champion." She's like, yeah. he looks like the nicest goofy yes. kid in the world. Yes. He's surrounded by all these like Milwaukee hype beast guys chanting bucks and six. Like it's just really a beautiful image. Like in general, like I thought that he uh like I always thought he was a likable guy and I think that part of it and maybe this is just me having like brain damage from growing up watching Michael Jordan be, you know be Michael Jordan. Like I think I maybe thought he was too nice. And it turns out that he's the first one of these guys that actually is like a legit sweetheart dude who also like will utterly humiliate anybody that tries to attempt to lay up near him. Like he's got somehow the killer instinct, but then he's also got like this switch that lets him be the guy that goes to Chick Fil A and gets fifty yes. nuggies <laughs> and like and just has with the like with the trophy in his lap and you know can really like seriously enjoy it. Uh, so how many years until the collective basketball world turns on him and doesn't like him anymore? Three. <laughs> I mean, Three? I was, like, you know how this goes. I mean, like, I think that basically, like, it depends. Like, I think that people are definitely going to, if he had kept playing the way that he was playing, like, I've been going back and, like, thinking about all the, the dumb stuff I said about him before this. And I think that, like, you know, obviously I was wrong about a lot of it. I think that, like, the idea... Like, he shouldn't maybe develop a three-point shot now, I'm thinking. And I think that that's what people would have killed him for because that's what fans love to, to do. Like, if you shoot around your driveway, like, at some point you can convince yourself you're a better shooter than Ben Simmons. The magic <laughs> of Ben Simmons is also that you might be right. Yes. <laughs> like, there's no way to prove it because he won't take the shot. But in this case, like, I think that was, like, where it was heading with Giannis. It was like, yeah, he's got to be able to stretch the floor and whatever. And it seems like, again, to credit to Budenholzer, another guy I've dragged to hell many times, like, they just started using him in a more interesting way. Like they started like really emphasizing the things that he does well. If they keep using him like that, then he's basically like Shaq, but uh, like super buff. And that's a pretty cool thing to get to watch. I mean, like he's still so young, I guess they could do anything with him, but the idea that he somehow needs to turn into Kevin Durant, like I think is now by the boards and that's good because he wasn't going to be able to do that. I don't think they've uh, allowed Budenhauser to touch the trophy yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's still getting passed around. Like, like Bobby Portis has it, and everybody's like afraid to ask him to give it up. Yes, exactly. They're like, "What are you done, Bob? Like, I'm glad you're having fun. That's terrific." Well, he is David Roth from the Defector. David, as always, we appreciate Thank it. Thank you, David. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's a good point. Did you see Bobby? Does that kid ever smile? I that think, has, I like, think he, he has a death stare he, like all the time. No, no, he does smile, but it's just horrifying when he does. Yeah, like okay. it's just those even eyes. More, it's even more intimidating when he does yes. smile because you're like, oh god, what's he smiling no, for? No, he's about to cause violence. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's he, like so he smiles. Just it's even more scary when it happens. On the floor, it, those eyes are like, geez, get away from that guy. Is it Militic that is now like? 
playing overseas because Bobby Portis, his teammate, broke his face. I, I love don't think it's that, I love oh, everyone right. at the defector knows about Henderson. It's unbelievable. Which is just, is, and they keep throwing it around like like oh, well, it's like, like it's we almost do. It's, all, it's I, like it's done. Like yes. oh, it's going to Henderson. Like there's other people involved. I had the ding sound ready for it. Had he said, well, I know there's a lot of land, but he said it's a large geographic. I was like, ah, oh, you almost got it. All right, here we go. We've got a free lunch for two at Porta Subs for you to win right now. Two Porta Subs All American combos. Turkey, ham, bacon, and provolone on pepperoncini, pepper jack bread, all grilled to perfection with your choice of chips and a drink. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number four at 702-364-1100. Ed Graney has been a journalist for over 30 years. He's seen a lot of shit and been given a lot of free stuff. Oh, brother. All right, back to show and tell. Whether it was scurvy or a padre eating a Snickers bar. Why don't you bring this potato? You're always trying to give me potatoes. What is it with you? Ed Graney is here to show and tell. Congratulations to Fritz. He won the Porta Subs. Uh... Lunch for two. We've got another one of those to give away in the show. Plus tickets to go to Battle for Las Vegas, the charity softball event between Riley Smith and Marcus Allen. But we also are going to have a really good giveaway next week because the Rolling Stones are coming to Allegiant Stadium on Saturday, November 6th with the No Filter Tour. Uh, Tickets are going to go on sale next Friday, July 30th at 10 a.m. at rollingstones.com. But that same Friday, we are going to have a pair to give away during our show. So, if you'd like to go see Rolling Stones next Friday, be listening to the press box, and you'll have a chance to win a pair of tickets. Okay, so this is really special in terms of Allegiant Stadium. This is by far the biggest event uh, that we've know that we know have been scheduled. Well. Uh, I'm, I'm not going there. I, I had something in my mind, but I just can't go there. Uh, this will be the biggest event uh, so far um, that's at least been announced. So I think it's do we, we need to do something special than just caller eight, number eight. This is a huge, huge deal, the Rolling Stones. I mean, I, I don't know what we will do. I'm throwing it out there <laughs> yeah, for suggestions, uh, but this is a huge deal. Let's let's not uh, let's let's underpromise, overdeliver. Well, let's I mean, underpromise. Yes, we will underpromise that it will be caller one, and hopefully, we will overdeliver <laughs> next week when we give away the Rolling Stones tickets. Should we buy one of those bikes with the carriages on the back and charge oh. like two hundred dollars? I mean, I mean, we'd call in sick the next week because we'd be spending our money <laughs> if we if we had one. Of the, although I'm not so sure though, because in November it won't be hot. Like, the, the reason those guys at the Garth Brooks probably did well for themselves, it was boiling. They're like, oh. eh, I'm not going to walk. But in November, you got the jacket on. You can have a nice stroll over. Now, you know, you might not be able to stroll back. <laughs> if if we had the bikes going back after the concert, we might make some money. Uh, going there, I'm not so sure. Hopefully they got the parking and the walking out of <laughs> yes, the stadium yes. figured out by November. Boy, Rolling Stones on that bridge. <laughs> it could be crazy. Uh, no, that's a really cool event. That's a, and again, when they when they built the stadium and everyone said we well, have to have so many events a year, I think it was in the fifties, you know, to make it solvable in terms of the money and how much money you're going to make off this. What do you generate? 
this was kind of the event I think people put out there in terms of, well, you could, you know, you heard these certain certain names. Well, you could bring the Rolling Stones. Well, you could bring Taylor Swift. Well, you can bring these people who will sell out 65,000 people. Now, Garth Brooks did that as well. He was one of those events. So, you've, but this is a this is pretty big time. You've the important one. Okay, are, you, all... are you walking into what I was about to walk into? Can we? Can, I <laughs> no, mean, I don't it, think so. Okay, uh, you won't. During uh, all those meetings when they were trying to get $750 million. Oh, you're telling an event they said? They kept bringing up Beyonce. Oh. They would well, she'd be not huge too. stop bringing okay. up Beyonce. I heard they were Taylor like, Swift a lot. They did bring up Taylor Swift, but it was Beyonce that was like. Really? Be, because Beyonce had just done a tour where she only played at football stadiums. Okay. And they were like, we're never going to get Beyonce in Vegas if we don't build Allegiant <laughs> Stadium. They acted as though the, the future of this city res- rested on So you're on saying Beyonce, it went coming Beyonce Rolling Stones, Taylor Swift, Raiders, UNLV yes. football. Yes. As they put Wait, everything yes. on the board and say, this is why they, you need to vote for this. They mentioned Beyonce at like seven different meetings. <laughs> and I was like, have you guys already booked her? Why do you keep bringing her up? Like, Yes, there's one. There's there's uh, one person name, in the meeting who's like, I love Beyonce. Yes. I'm with Jared. Besides Mick Jagger, Nate, give me one Rolling Stone. Oh, a member in the band? Yes. Oh, I don't think he would have gotten, gotten Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. <laughs> Come on. I only know Mick Jagger from that Kesha song. <laughs> a mem- I can't even name a song, let alone a member in the band. He just knows it's a big deal. It is a big deal. You know it's a big deal though. 